morning um, the next uh, message in our series in Matthew. Um, Marvellous um, has been part of Grace Church for years. He's been part of our preaching team for years as well. And he leads our home group with his wife, Blessing. Um, why don't we give him a hand? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Don't make me shout. <laughs> so I have my phone here because I don't keep to time. <laughs> so I'll try. Um, isn't that amazing? Just watching baptism. I think it's, it's done like half of my preach already. <laughs> yeah, it, it has. So my name is Marvelous. Um, I'm a member of Grace Church. And I'd like to welcome you all to this evening. And um, if this is your first time, anybody here for the first time? Okay. If, if it is your first time of coming, you're welcome. Talking to those that are yet to come. Um, so today I'll be carrying on with our teaching series on the book of Matthew. Um, and it's actually the fourth one today. So which is all about being with Jesus Christ. Um, so kind of taking a pause, um, slowing down to gaze on his face, um, and, and to just experience the eyewitness accounts of the life of Jesus and who he really is, and of course, what he's done for us. So specifically today, I'll be looking at the story of the baptism of Jesus Christ. Isn't it amazing just, you know, watching that and then now talking about the baptism of Jesus um, but this is really exciting to me. The reason it's exciting to me is 1 John 1 verse 3 that says, we proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us and our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. It's not stories. It's not made up. It's things that have been touched, things that have been heard and seen that we are talking about. Praise God. So talking about the baptism of Jesus, um, what is your expectation from God today? And I was happy when Chris kind of brought that up because uh, when we come into his presence, we should come with expectations, praise God. You shouldn't just show up. It's not a social club. You've come into the presence of God. The Bible says where two or more are gathered in his name, God is there. Jesus is here. His angels are here. What do you want? What is your expectation? And Perchance you've not thought about this. I want to give you a second to, to come up with some expectation. One second gone. What do you want from God? Today, specifically talking about baptism, I want to pause and say, you know, remember your baptism. What was it like? What were your commitments to Jesus Christ? What was your story? Um, so I'd like us to close our eyes and just go back to that moment of your baptism and remember your baptism. And if you're saying, oh, but I've not been baptized, imagine your baptism. Imagine Jesus just stepping into this moment and saying to you, John, Gabriel, remember your baptism? Or Jesus stepping into this moment and saying to you, I was baptized and I can't wait for your baptism. Praise God. You got to open your eyes now before you sleep. <laughs> I 
one thing today that has been you know, very firm preparing for this message is the clarity and understanding to me that God wants to do something about his power. There is power in his presence. And I like it when Paul said in 1 Corinthians 2 by 4 that my message and my preaching was not wise, persuasive words, but with demonstration of the power of the Spirit. That's how I've come here today. I've not come to try to speak nicely, play the nuances. I've come to demonstrate the power of God. And that's why I said to you, what is your expectation? So I want you to have firm expectation that by the end of this evening, there will be something new in your life. Praise God. So our preaching series will be coming, um, the message will be coming from Matthew 3, verse 13 to 17. The word should come up on the screen. I'll read from NIV. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? You need to imagine John shocked, shivering. Jesus replied, let it be so now. Almost like when Jesus said, peace, be still. Calming John down. Say, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. I'm so happy that Jesus didn't like put his authority over John or intimidate him. John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. And at that moment, heaven was opened. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. 17. A voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Praise God. This is a very critical moment in the divine plan of salvation. As we understand the history, we know what happened in the Garden of Eden in Genesis, the fall of man, the handing over of the authority that God gave to Adam over to the enemy, to Satan, and all that transpired from then until this moment, or at least the moment in in chapter 1 of Matthew or chapter 1 of Luke when an angel appeared and said to Zachariah, your son, would make the way, prepare the way for Jesus Christ. Or when an angel appeared to Mary and said, Jesus will be born. In the story of salvation, what we see consistently is that God was relentless in his pursuit to get to us and to set us free. Now, I'd like you to just imagine if you've watched all these movies where there's always um, a people being subdued, being intimidated, being oppressed, and then some actor shows up. They always, first of all, show his sandal or some Mexican shoe that is pointing up, right? And then they do, and then you see the shoe, and then the gun, and then he comes and he shoots everybody, sets the poor people free, delivers them from a gang. I think there's a movie, Django, in those days. And of recent, there is The Equalizer by Denzel Washington. Always somebody showing up to clear the ground. And there are times in life when conventional ways of justice does not work. When there is so much evil, when the system is so thwarted against the oppressed, that you need a stronger man that would come and break every rule and set the captives free. Jesus shows up 
I mean, the first time in chapter 2, Matthew leaves Jesus as a baby. And now, all grown up, he walks 60 miles to be baptized by John. I mean, there's not a lot about, you know, Jesus growing up, but we know that he grew up in stamina and in stature, in spirit, and as a person. Um, but I've tried to imagine what this journey was like, because this was Jesus leaving home. What did he say to his mom? It is starting. Or what? what did he say to his brothers? What did he say to his friends? Did he sell the last piece of, maybe if he was a carpenter, did he sell off his shop? I don't know. But imagine this 60 miles journey. What was Jesus thinking? He knew for sure that he was heading to the most difficult task of his life. And yet he was answering that call. So when you see that sandal show up, it was someone that was come to truly set the captives free. Praise God. So because baptism, I mean, sorry, one second. Um, so a question I've always been asked, why, why did Jesus ask John to baptize him? You know, And there are so many reasons. I've seen more than 20 of them. Um, because for sure, Jesus had no need for forgiveness or repentance. So John came baptizing for people to repent. So it didn't make sense for him to baptize Jesus. So why did Jesus do this? Because Jesus was actually submitting to the will of God. He said to him, let's fulfill all righteousness. And I'll come to that in a moment. But he was also identifying with, our, with us as humanity. This was God identifying with us and saying, I identify with you. Walking 60 miles to the place of baptism, and you had the public there, everyone looking at who is a sinner. And the Pharisees and the Sadducees that have come maybe to take note, oh, we thought you were a good person, so you are repenting. What are you repenting of? And Jesus is coming right there and getting baptized, making a public statement of identifying with us. It was also like a prophetic foreshadowing of his death, burial, and resurrection. But in obedience to God, most importantly. So right here, Jesus answers the call on his life. And then God sends him forth for his ministry. Have you answered the call on your life? Praise God. It's a question for us. As you remember your baptism, what has changed since then? As you think about getting baptized, have you answered the call of God on your life? Jesus did. Thy will be done and not my will. Thy will be done and not my will. In verse 14 to 15, we see obedience to our calling and to the little things that Jesus demonstrates for us. Jesus, you know, comes to John and says, I'm not here, basically, it's not about repentance. His reply indicated that he has not come to confess sin, but to fulfill all righteousness. He has previously fulfilled specific prophecies and the general theme of the salvation of God. You see the life of Jesus replicating what happened to the people of Israel, but he was demonstrating even a better way. You know, they, came, they went into Egypt, Jesus went into Egypt, they went through the Red Sea, Jesus is here to be baptized. Later, they went to the desert for 40 years. Jesus is going to go for 40 days into the desert. So Jesus, there is a generic theme that is not about us understanding what God is working out. But the fact that Jesus said to fulfill all righteousness means there is a big picture that God is working out. And this baptism is key. 
to that picture. And we realize it is key because the moment and immediately Jesus was baptized, something happened. The Bible says that the heaven opened and God declared him, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And the, the, the Holy Spirit came on him. So this was something like if you would imagine when Saul was anointed. It was always that Samuel called him forth and poured oil on him and then the Holy Spirit came on him and there was prophecy. There was kingship going on here for Jesus Christ. And at the same time, there was ministry going on. So Jesus was being sent forth into the call that God has called him to, which was actually to die for the sake and the sins of humanity, to set us free, to rise again from the dead, and to give us a freedom that we could never have. This was a divine exchange in preparation. Praise God. Looking at John, without forgetting, he was also in a place of faithfulness. Imagine when Jesus showed up and John wasn't there. Imagine if he showed up and John was I don't think there was a telephone. He didn't call John and say, hey, dude, showing up tomorrow, 12 noon. No, it wasn't. He came knowing that John would be there and John was there. Imagine if John wasn't in that place, but he was. Are we showing up where God wants us? Are we living a life where it's all about us and the things that we are comfortable with? Are we trusted with the things that God has called us to do? Praise God. But because John was there, this great aspect of the salvation of mankind took place because John was faithful, because he did the little things that God put in his hands faithfully. As the New American Commentary puts it, it says that to fulfill all righteousness means to complete everything that forms part of a relationship of obedience to God, not belittle them. So I wrote here, home groups. Have you stopped going to home group? Little things. Um, prayers, fastings, joining in church worship, local programs. Are these things still important to us? Or have we found better things than communing with God's people? Like the Bible says, we should not neglect the gathering of brethren. Little things. Little things that are important. And that's one thing this story has done to me. I don't think I've been so great doing the little things myself. But it's shaking me in a way that I hope everybody will notice some difference after today. Verse 16 and 17, I summarize this as you are God beloved and already empowered to live for him. Because as Jesus comes out of the water, God places his stamp of approval on him in two ways. The Holy Spirit, the voice of God. And when God said, this is my beloved son, history has, I mean, commentarians have it that he's citing Isaiah 42 verse 1 and Psalm 2 verse 7. Both of them kind of points to the fact that Jesus is both a divine son and a suffering servant. So being commissioned into this kind of dual ministry at the same time. But the more exciting thing here is the Trinity. Just like we saw in Genesis 1, let us come, let us make man. There was Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. 
Come, let us make the first Adam. Right here, we see again the Trinity showing up, commissioning the second Adam. Praise God. And I really got excited, just God making me to see this, that this is the second Adam being commissioned. There is importance in baptism. I don't think anybody would come and say, you must be baptized, you go to hell if you are not baptized. But the more we look at it, the more there is some importance in it. The more we saw this testimony and the demonstration of confession of faith to God, we know there is something awesome here. Why must you try to understand it or to be obedient? Have you been baptized? I'm hoping that in the next one month, there will be so much baptism, John. Get ready. <laughs> So God called Jesus beloved, and through him we are now God's beloved. God loves us, and his love will continue to pursue us. No matter the mistakes we've made, no matter how many times we fell, God will never, ever give up on us. The Bible says, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you. He's not going to give up on you. So the earlier you just clean up and just follow him, the better. You don't want to get fever. We'll catch that later. <laughs> Praise God. So what applications can we take from, from, from this, this passage today? Um, like I said, remember your baptism. Why, why should you remember your baptism? Maybe so that you can reaffirm your vows. Maybe so that you can recommit your life to Jesus. Maybe so that you can realize the prayer you prayed and the things that you looked forward to at that point of baptism and once again relaunch yourself in power. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is already in you, waiting for you to step out. Praise God. Remember your baptism and reconnect. Not just reconnecting to yourself, reconnecting to the calling of God in your life, but also reconnecting to the community of God. We know when we are not doing the right thing. We know when we are not truly committed to church. We know when we are not committed to home group. We, we know we are not kids. Come on. Recommit yourself to the things of God. Recommit yourself to the little thing. Make this community exciting to be part of. Make it easy to be led. Praise God. Be a good follower. So recommit. Um, Acts 2 verse 41 says, So those who received his word were baptized and they were added to the church community. So there is something about baptism and addition. So which means when you recommit, you don't just recommit to God, you also recommit to the community of God, praise God, to Grace Church. Um, so remembering and reaffirming our commitment empowers us as Christians to renew our commitment to God and to the discipleship within God's community. I know that we are very smart and we can pick on mistakes that people make and get um, um, angry about it or take offense. But recommitting to discipleship is the willingness to follow. The willingness to say, okay, where is Grace Church going? What are we about? How can I contribute? Where is my part? Am I playing my role? Praise God. Then remember your baptism and be obedient. Um, I have it here like obedience in the sense of being humble. Because the passage today that we've read is full of human obedience and godly revelations leading to encouragement, encounters, and empowerment. 
Romans 6 verse 4. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Now, this is when I said an actor always shows up. If you understand this passage, this is the biggest cheat you can ever see. The Bible says that the wages of sin is dead, that the payment for the cleansing of sin, that is the shedding of blood. Now we sinned. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So the next thing was that we die. And we did die in baptism. We escaped. I call it the great escape. Praise God. The sneaking in, the devil showing up and say, today, you know, is your day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going to die today. Yeah, yeah. And then suddenly he's died. Where is he? But he's died. He's in Christ. Why? He's died. That's what he's demonstrating as baptism. I mean, it doesn't mean it happens at the point of baptism, but becoming born again, that's what happens. The great exchange takes place. The great escape takes place. And suddenly Satan is seeing you that, Marvelous, dead. I didn't, where was he buried? I see him moving around, yes. Who is moving around? Jesus. What? <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so I've escaped. So the price is paid in full, and we are free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I mean, this should excite you, right? <laughs> that you escaped. Praise God. So in summary, we see baptism as a testimony. We see baptism as a public decision, a public declaration. Because after being born again, which is likened to being baptized into Christ by the Spirit of God, then you go for water baptism, which is like getting baptized as a testimony of your faith in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because you realize the great escape that you've just gone through. Why wouldn't you celebrate that? Have you seen somebody on death sentence that is suddenly set free? Have you seen them dance? Have you seen them worship? Come on, Grace Church. It's not the worship that we are just standing, receive adoration. Come on. No. Remember your baptism. Remember what has been done for you so that when you praise, when you worship, you go crazy. And we'll try that at the end, yeah? Looking at my time. <laughs> All these pious worship, standing nicely. Remember what has just happened for you. It should make you jump. Hallelujah. It should make you jump. So if we believe in the resurrection of Jesus and we've been baptized to demonstrate that we believe in it, then we must now live accordingly. Our life every day should continue to show that we so much cherish that which has been done for us that now everything we do is not to now prove that we are righteous because we got that for free as part of the escape, but to show that we are thankful. So I see opportunities to do wrong, to sin, but I, tr I fight not to because I want to use that and say, thank you, Jesus. And every time Satan throws his stone, I push it back as a thank you to God. Because it's no longer our performance that will set us free. Remember, we are dead. We are now living the life of Christ on a daily basis to demonstrate thank you to God. 
Every time we do something good for others, every time we resist temptation, every time we overcome evil with good, we are saying thank you. And that is the life we are now called on to praise God. And if you are not baptized, stop the logic. Be baptized. Praise God. Like I said, Galatians 2 verse 20 kind of summarizes all I've been trying to say. It says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Hallelujah. That's the summary there. You won't find me and all my crimes blotted out. I now live. It is his body. Now, get this. Jesus walks from, for 60 miles to be baptized. His body. And now you get the great exchange, the great escape. You are now his body. Why won't you be baptized? Why won't you do what he did? Is it your body? You want to pay the price yourself? Of course not. Praise God. The excitement of baptism. So remember your baptism and be encouraged. The Bible says we are beloved of God. I like how Romans 12 verse 1 puts it. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer yourself as a living sacrifice. So remembering your baptism brings encounters. Because baptism can be considered as a spiritual discipline that helps us to demonstrate what has gone on within us and what is going on to us. So God promised us his Holy Spirit. John said Jesus would baptize with the Holy Spirit and fire, and he has done that. So when we are getting baptism, when we celebrate baptism, when you remember your baptism, remember that also you did receive the power of God, the Spirit of God that has empowered you, that as you recommit, you don't go looking for new strength. You recommit to the strength that is already in you to now let it work out the fruits of the Holy Spirit, not your fruits. You see, some of the times all we need to do is just relax and chill and let the Holy Spirit do these things. He's wise, he's smart, he's gentle, he's kind, he's powerful. He can do it. Praise God. If we walk with him, he can do it. Remember your baptism. Baptism is not something that happened in the past and that's it. All I'm trying to say is that it's a continuum. It's ongoing. From that day, every day, you are being baptized. Every day, remember your baptism. Remember your commitment. It's about obedience and identification. So you are now empowered to go and live the life that Christ has called you to live. Praise God. So to that end... I'm 23 minutes or 24, so I'm on time. And I've come to the end of this message, but I want to pray. So if we could all stand, please. Praise God. Jesus is here to empower us today. And if you would just remember once again your baptism, and if you've not been baptized, this is your moment to pray to God to help you make that decision and realize what it means for you. But I just want us to pray. You know, whatever the Holy Spirit puts in your heart, why not connect with God right now as the band comes up? Why not connect with God and just pray 
What has he been saying to you throughout this message? Hallelujah, Jesus, we worship you. Thank you, Jesus. Lord Jesus, thank you so much that you came and secured a way out for us so that we can have a way into the life that you've called us into. Thank you for the cross. Thank you, Jesus, that you walked these 60 miles. Thank you that you showed up. Thank you that you showed up so much that God was excited and said, this is my son. Lord Jesus, we pray that every day of our life, we would also know that you love us. Thank you as we remember our baptism. In Jesus' name. Amen.